0: Hello, all my friends, all my beautiful little pod babies. Let's take a quick moment and pour one out for your boy, Donnie. He's dealing with some personal issues right now. And uh, instead of beating around the bush, I figure let's just go right into it. Donald, how you doing with the new Liverpool Premier League champions?
1: I'm going to answer that question by just telling you a series of facts that I have done since Thursday. I've spent over a thousand dollars since Thursday. I've shaved my entire body.
0: Don't take your shirt off. I don't need to. Know. I don't need to see
1: this. Look at me. I'm hairless like a baby. I checked into a hotel, one point two miles from where I live. Um. So all things considered, I do feel like I'm in a really good mental place. It's been hard. It's been hard. I I have to say this. I have to say this. I am happy for the 60-year-old Liverpool fans out there. The old men, the old women, the old people who have, like, had to actually go, like, so much of their life, seeing Liverpool be good, and then live through this drought. For them, I can be happy. They're good people. But for the people who are under 30 years old, who are all of a sudden been Liverpool fans for the last three years, before which I've never seen, who are sending me messages and sending me this and that and celebrating. Yeah, that's cute. You won one Premier League title. Come back to me when you have 13.
0: <laughs> so we got a, a, a patch show to get into today. We're going to talk about some Champions League stuff, uh, some, some fun uh, updates around the world, and then we'll, we'll dig into some of the soccer we've been seeing lately. A lot, a lot of good stuff to go into. But first, to the byline. It's in, it's an up
2: goal! It's a gift! Oh, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out, he almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball, it's the inside of his car. Got no in the keeper. position to get...
1: Well, I guess uh, Eric had to start there. It was a a tough one. And I will say this, knowing that it was kind of always coming throughout the corona, I was much more mentally prepared. The fact that they had been ahead for so long, that made it better. But it sucks, man. I didn't go on any social media, Twitter, Instagram. I mean... I didn't text you for three yeah, days. I'd,
0: like I'd like to point out to our, our listeners, Donnie was so well mentally prepared that we were live texting during the game, and then before the final whistle, he on Thursday he stopped replying to me, and then didn't get back to me until uh, Sunday, which was what three days later. Yeah,
1: it was just, it was, it was ass. And I'll say this, man, and nobody hates Liverpool more than Wayne Rooney a lifelong Everton fan, and an all-time Man U great. And he said something really scary, which was that if Klopp stays there for another 10 years, you can kind of see them winning another five. Yeah. And that is truly, truly horrific. And while Liverpool fans are celebrating a Premier League title, Man U fans are celebrating the first hat-trick post-Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> and holy fuck, does it! I had it good for so long, but... Ever since Eric Gates entered my life, holy fuck, does it feel bad?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you've definitely been suffering, uh, at least adjacently, from the from my, my soccer curse. Oh, for sure. Uh,
1: Secondhand smoking very dangerous. Secondhand cursing also very dangerous.
0: Also, like when we, when we were just like talking about the game and stuff, I wasn't even like thinking about the. I was thinking about oh well, Pulisic is playing really well. I was barely thinking about the title implications just because like. Unlike you, I think I have actually properly processed for months now that Liverpool are the Premier League champions. You know, I, I didn't need the, the final official uh, point total to actually accept it. Anything
1: so, literally could have happened, like the entire team dying of coronavirus. <laughs> they were
2: just. Wow, I'm not saying you know, I wish
1: that, I'm saying anything could have happened, and I was open to possibilities. Not that possibility, but other
0: possibilities. Other, other po- <laughs> possibilities, less, less severe. Like yeah, 60 um, days
1: of straight diarrhea. <laughs> That's the one I was hoping to No, I think
0: for. I think I think really when you look at it right now, I mean Klopp and that team, they're they're not they're not too old. You know, they've got some older players, but they got a lot of talented youth. They're not they're not going anywhere. And the team that's, you know, arguably best suited to chase them down next year is Man City. And that's not exactly a, a reprieve for, for you as a as a united guy.
1: Yeah, I mean when you look at the last three titles, City City, Liverpool, it's I grew up in the best time to grow up as a Man U fan, but now I feel like I'm living through the worst time, except that one time we were relegated. But, like, <laughs> honestly, actually, I would prefer to be relegated. We'd be so good in the championship.
0: <laughs> you guys would have
2: to... Actually, I don't
0: know. If, if United got, got relegated, they would. Pogba's gone. Yeah. For sure. Who else is gone?
1: Uh, Pogba's gone... De Gea's gone, but it's okay. We'll just take Dean Henderson. Thank you very much. Dean doesn't renew.
0: You guys are the championship. Dean doesn't renew uh, his contract. Maguire's
1: gone. Shaw staying for sure.
0: Shaw stays. Shaw and Rashford might stay. Rashford I think Rashford, stays.
1: Rashford tries to get him out one. We'll stay for one year. But pretty much everything. Marsh, good.
0: Martial's gone. Yeah, he's going to PSG. Yep. Bruno Fernandez?
1: Probably just because only stays because, like, we just got him yesterday. <laughs> scotty mctee stays that's scotty mctee stays plus we got him locked down for 2025 so we ain't going nowhere son (laughs) fred Uh, will stay who the fuck else wants him
0: hey look luckily for you unlike milan you guys don't have to actually consider potentially being relegated i mean we spent half of this season in the bottom half of the table so well but
1: but some there's some upward trends which we'll get discuss in the uh, italian segment of the podcast the miscusia if you will but first you know what's new in the soccer world well number one big i guess item of news is that champions league will officially return and so will europa league but i'll only care about that if man you don't finish in the top five
0: also also champion the the Champions League announcement may sound like old news. It's because it dropped the day after we were the morning after we recorded our last pod.
1: This is actually the third time in a row something has the hat dropped that we really <laughs> wanted to discuss the morning after we have recorded the pod.
0: I feel like the last two were obscure, like sexual.
1: Uh... Oh, speaking of obscure, sexual in the <laughs> Chelsea. Man City game, when the commentator made a reference to, like, when he, I don't know what exactly he said, but he said something about, like, uh, you know, as we know, Kyle Walker's been in some trouble for some indiscretions. Like, no, the dude did not have indiscretions. He threw a fucking orgy. <laughs>
0: that is the most British way to describe what Kyle Walker got in trouble for. For some indiscretions. <laughs> some quarantine-breaking indiscretions.
1: But, um, back to the matter at hand, the Champions League will return August... 8th, I believe, um, they're going to finish the four round of 16-second leg games. That's City, Real Madrid, Juventus, Lyon, um, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, and Barca Napoli. And then with the qu- starting with the quarterfinals, it'll be like a regular knockout cup where it's just going to yeah. be a one-off game. So this actually really helps underdog teams, in my opinion, because – and away goals don't mean shit, too. So it's actually – I'm actually very okay not, with what they're doing.
0: I actually think – yeah, and so, like, once we – Finish these uh, these four reverse ties. Uh, we're gonna see more like a, a World Cup or Euro style uh, tournament, which I'm really excited for. I think it, it may be more enjoyable. Yes. Uh,
1: now I will say that I feel like By- Bayern Munich, because they're done. I mean their season's over. So as every other team is gonna be playing, especially Italian teams, quite a lot over that you know between now and August eighth. They're done. So I wonder if that might kind of put them at a disadvantage.
0: I think that's I think I think that's too much of a layoff, in my opinion. The so classic rest the, versus Rust debate. I think the Italian teams have like one week, and maybe yeah, have like one week from the end of the season to the start of yeah. uh of Champions League. So they still have ten games left. Premier League have has what nine, eight games left.
1: I think Premier League has eight or. Six. It's six, six or seven,
0: and but then La Liga is somewhere in between the two, I think.
1: Five or six, yeah. Oh, but five. The Premier League so, will run till July twenty sixth. So, I mean, that two weeks is that's a good amount of
0: time. Well, so I think that that's actually so. Not only does the Premier League have a longer rest than La, than uh, Serie A, but they're playing less games in that span as well, right? Because they have three less games to play. It's 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 only a little bit, but I think I think that's actually going to help them. Uh, which is interesting. Hearing Pep Biction complain about his players not you know not being able to do this run of games when we get to the Champions League. I think the the Premier League teams, especially a team like City, who have basically locked up champion, well have locked up top four, but you know they may not be in it. So they can start rotating players, keeping players loose and warm, not exhausting players. Looking, going all in on the Champions League. You know, Liverpool can do the same thing. Um,
1: Liverpool can't have, do the same thing. They're uh, they were already knocked out of the Champions League by Athletic. Oh University. shit! I completely forgot about that. And you know what? For the first time since Thursday, I've actually genuinely
0: <laughs> smiled. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I completely forgot. Um, so.
1: But interesting, so here's what I think is interesting, right? Because we said, like, you know, the Premier League kind of has a good amount of time where they get some games, get a little bit of rest, get in. Chelsea plays Bayern in that second leg, and Chelsea are in a 3-0 hole, but Chelsea's playing really good soccer right now.
0: They're playing really well, but they also are in a 3-0 hole, and I think Bayern may, of every team I've seen play since the restart, I think Bayern have looked the best.
1: Yes, I would say say if if we didn't. Factor in the whole rest versus rust thing. I would say Bayern have to be a heavy favorite to win the Champions League.
2: Well,
0: and and I think you know, I think the rest versus rust for any of you like hockey fans, that's a a a common debate, right? Do you want to sweep somebody for nothing? Do you do you want to have a seven game series? You probably want a five or six game series. So you're not. But this is a little bit different than that not to go on a tangent, um, but I think Chelsea have a lot to play for, right? They're they're still in the FA Cup. They're also still pushing to try to secure top four finish uh, or top five finish, depending on the city shit. So I, I think you may see a little too much work uh, for Chelsea. Uh, also, we're, we're talking about, about Bayern as being you know the most rested team. The honestly, I think the real disadvantage are the French teams.
2: <laughs> oh yeah,
0: dude, P-
1: that would be yeah. PSG is kind of screwed.
0: Well, and Lyon. So Lyon are going into a their reverse tie with Juventus up one nothing, and Juve star, have have started off with a lot of rust. They're, they're they're getting better. They're looking outside of that Milan game and that Napoli game. They're they're looking better. Their last two the games
1: was a significant improvement.
0: Especially in the second half, I feel like they've still been rusty in the first half. Yeah, uh, but we'll that could be the difference. This could that could be the advantage they need over Lyon, who have a one a one goal lead right now. Is Lyon have not played a competitive competitive fixture since everything shut down?
1: I wonder if Lyon and PSG will just quarantine together and then just play a shit ton of games against one another. <laughs> That's what I would do.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they really should. I, I know that France has been pretty strict on what they do allow, so they may be hampered in, in that sense. Uh, but I think the the big takeaway is I'm I'm really excited yes. uh, for what we got coming our way, um, and then once we once we actually get a knockout round view of everything, or the next round view, uh, we can maybe go and make some uh, some round pred- predictions.
1: I know. Um... Shifting gears here now to the anti Neymar world. Um, things not looking great for Neymar as he has lost a court battle against Barcelona over an unpaid signing bonus. The court has ruled in Barca's favor, and now Neymar has been ordered to pay Barcelona 6.7 million euros. Now, he might be a little light on cash after his lavish 28th birthday at, at the Yo Yo nightclub, where uh, many teammates were in attendance, including former Manchester United midfield star ward, Ander Herrera, who had some very interesting things to say about the party, namely the party's one chief rule, married couples on the top floor, single people on the bottom floor, and no intermingling of the floors. So apparently, according to Herrera, Neymar throws his birthday party. All the married people are on the top floor. All the single people are on the bottom floor. And that's like a very strictly enforced rule. Herrera didn't see anything of the bottom floor. He's married. His wife did not let him go to the uh, bottom floor. That That is Herrera saying that. That is not me saying that. But what do you think was going on on that bottom floor? Because I, it has to, like, was, was Kyle Walker there? Is it something he might be interested in? Or
0: was Sergio Ramos there <laughs> repping his uh his firm?
1: Was it, like, a virginity auction down there?
0: Do I hear One million
1: that, euro, two million euro, three million euro. You know that,
0: euro? Scene, that, that scene in James Bond? Not James Bond, fuck. Uh, Taken. Taken, yes. The boat yeah. scene at the yeah. end. Well, well the, the, uh, not the boat itself, but the auction part.
1: Oh, the auction. Yes, 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 yes.
0: That's, that's what... I, I mean, I, I have no idea. I don't have the experience or the lavish lifestyle or, or the amount of leather in my wardrobe to even pretend. Like, I could assume what went on in that bottom floor, but I...
1: I'd like to think that the, he just hired, like, 500 French
0: orgy.: <laughs> and probably didn't allow Kareem Benzema to join because they, people were afraid of being videotaped.
1: First of all, we can talk about Kareem Benzema's excellent filmography at another time, but he is honestly one of the greatest French-Algerian directors of all time.
0: <laughs> uh, I think, you know, you, you mentioned he may be a little strapped for cash to pay the 6.7 million euro fine uh, or to, to back to Barcelona, but let's be honest. We all know that PSG, you know, through their state-sponsored wealth, are probably just going to funnel that money into him as his next signing bonus. Oh, and yeah. They're just gonna...
1: <laughs> yeah, PSG. This, this probably
0: actually helps PSG leverage him staying with them, right? Hey, stay with us, and we'll and we'll cover this for you.
1: Yeah, and they might get a tax benefit too. They can get, <laughs> but um, kind of going back to the litigious train we've been on. About six months ago, we talked about a story House Rooney versus House Vardy. It would be the worst episode of Game of Thrones ever, except for like the last three seasons of the show. But um, yeah, I would have preferred this have been the finale, honestly. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> so we talked about how Colleen Rooney was suspecting that somebody close to her was leaking things to the sun. She started blo- like hiding more and more of her Instagram stories from people until only Rebecca Vardy was left. And what she was posting that only Rebecca Vardy's accounts- account saw got leaked to the sun. So Colleen Rooney came out and basically said, uh, Rebecca Vardy, gotcha. Rebecca Vardy did the classic politician defense of I don't control my own social media account. (laughs) Well, the saga, after being silent for six months, I know we've all been on the edge of our seat, has taken a new and disturbing turn as Rebecca Vardy is now suing Colleen Rooney for libel. And I just got to think that like neither Jamie Vardy nor Wayne Wayne Rooney want this to be happening. (laughs) They just they don't.
0: No, they don't, but also, like, Rebecca, come on. The evidence, I, I, may, maybe maybe you have a proper case for libel, I don't know, but, like, you did do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He well, fucking, like, Colleen Rudy <laughs> played, played an excellent sting. She literally did a disinformation campaign and one by one eliminated people until we had one person left and the dis- this disinformation was still getting leaked.
1: Trust me, CIA operatives during the Cold War era were just like touching themselves in their graves over <laughs> what Colin Rooney was doing. I mean the level Seriously. of the level of planning just like just very meticulous, it's impressive. Um, but so fat Ronaldo. Uh, the Brazilian Ronaldo, chipped in on the GOAT debate. I don't think this is any kind of – it's not a controversy, I think. Kind of hard to argue. He said these were, like, the five greatest players of all time. Cristiano – no particular order. The order he said it verbally, though. Cristiano Ronaldo, Maradona, Pele, Messi, and himself. And hard to argue that any of those five don't belong in that upper echelon.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a fair – that's a fair top five. Like, I I would not begrudge anybody for for having – yeah, any of those people in their list.
1: I I completely agree, but even better was Roberto Carlos talking about his bromance with Fat Ronaldo. They both played, they played with each other at the club level at yep. Real Madrid and for their national team Brazil. And Roberto Carlos said once they met, they were always roommates when they traveled. They were the best of buds, and he said, and I quote, "I've slept more with Ronaldo than my own wife."
0: <laughs> I have a feeling he means like when they would travel and they would share hotel rooms. No,
1: that's for sure what he means, but.
0: But, like, is it?
1: Everyone knows that they want to be big spooned by Big Ronaldo.
0: <laughs> At least I do. I see Fat Ronaldo actually love being the little spoon. He just wants to be hold, held.
1: I truly believe that everyone deep in their core wants to <laughs> loves to be the little spoon. But certain men have just been poisoned by toxic masculinity and they won't admit it. Me? I hate being the fucking big spoon. I love being the little spoon. <laughs> the little spoon is the fucking best. It's like, you're, it's like you're. sleeping with a backpack. Yeah, I feel like motherfucking Boba Fett. <laughs> um, very interesting development,
0: dude. I don't get this. So
1: Barcelona
0: really. and Juventus did a swap: Barça sending Arthur to Juve for Miralem Pjanic. I, I don't. I don't understand.
1: I don't get it either. Um, I think it's a good bit of business by Juventus, actually, because they just injected a young, much younger player. But the problem is Barcelona has a lot of midfield players, and they have a very old team. Messi, Suarez, Vidal, Pique, all 33. Rakitic is 32. Busquets and Jordi Alba are 31. And Pjanic will be the young buck of the team at 30. Yeah. I just... I- they're not really their the issue with their squad. I think clearly from this season is that a lot of their players are getting older, and Messi, just like just like Ronaldo, they're they're each slowing down a little bit because they're fucking in their early thirties, early to mid thirties now.
2: And
0: they're also getting really stagnant around Messi. Like like yeah. if Messi doesn't have the doesn't create the brilliance, they don't they don't produce. You yeah. know, we've already we've seen some some miracle goals. Messi has and even Messi slowing down. Is still an incredible, you know, all-time Absolutely. talent. Absolutely, but but you know, Barca of, of the past used to be able to produce around and without Messi, uh, with him being that that you know extra level that could do what was needed. I, I just I don't I don't get the move. I also don't leave it to to Pianic to uh, basically make the only swap where he was not taking free kicks because of Ronaldo. To, to the one team where he will not be taking free kicks because of Messi. Like, Pjanic is a good free kick taker and a good penalty taker, and never never to no chance.
1: Yeah. So, that's just an interesting thing um, going on there. And we'll talk a little bit more about kind of Barcelona's issues when we briefly touch on the La Liga. Uh, last thing before we jump into our segments is that I am no longer alone in my love and <laughs> appreciation as... Reputable French soccer journalist and broadcaster Julian Lorenz. He writes for a ton of papers. He's on BT Sport, Talk Sport, ESPN, all the works. Said that Benzema was the best player in La Liga. Has been the best player in La Liga this season. And he's by the way, Benzema's had some sick goals and assists. Some
0: awesome assists. Benzema is an artist with a back heel. Yeah. So um, uh, I, I I don't know if I come completely buy in that Benzema has been better than Messi this season. I, I know you do, and I'm, we'll give you a second when I'm done to to beat that, that drum. But I do think it is very telling that you could arguably make a reasonable case that Benzema has been the best player, which would mean better than Messi this season. I mean, I think it's just going to show that these guys, Ronaldo and Messi, have been a once-in-a-generation talent that have been playing, you know, at the same time and that window is closing and and once the window starts to close it's going to close faster and faster uh so we really it's a fucking shame that uh messy still pl- plays in la liga for the only case that it's so fucking hard to watch that in the states being sport is such a horrible broadcast system in the u.s and especially it's when it's a watch. dope
1: game like today with Barça playing Atletico, and you want to watch it, and instead I'm just fucking refreshing GameCast every two seconds, and then texting Eric the updates from it.
0: It's 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 so frustrating because like I, I you know I want to watch ten maybe maybe ten La Liga games a year. Any well, let's see the two Celtic- classicos,
1: Atletico Madrid versus both those teams, Celta Vigo Celta Vigo, Vigo versus So yeah, eight
0: games. Um yeah, so I just don't. It's frustrating. At least now that uh, Cristiano's moved to Juve, we co- I can watch him on ESPN Plus, which is nice. Um, but I think I think it's, it's interesting. I think it's telling that the window is is closing. And you know, Ronaldo's had a really good year in Serie A but I think Kiro Mobley's had a better season. You know, yeah. I, I think I think there are players who are outperforming these stars, and these stars are old and have have a lot of miles on them.
1: Yeah. And I will say this. Messi has five more goals in La Liga than Benzema and 10 more assists. I, I, Messi is a better player than Benzema. But I will say that Benzema scores when Real really need it. If you win 4-0, what's the added value of the third and the fourth goal? Yeah. When you win 2-1, what is the value of the first and the second goal? And I think what maybe Julia Lorenzo is saying is that like when Real Madrid need someone, someone to have a fucking back assist, or someone to do something sweet, Benzema is kind of there for him. Not to mention, in addition to scoring and providing, his hold-up play, I think, is incredibly underrated in what he does. And he basically has a World Cup win, too, if you really think about it.
0: No, in, in no, that, no, 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 Hold on. no, 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 you do not get to credit him with a World Cup win, you do <laughs> not. It's going to infuriate you, but his his World Cup necklace is worn by Olivier Giroud.
1: Honestly, I think the right thing for Giroud to do would be to give that medal to Benzema.
0: <laughs> I'm sure Benzema is trying to blackmail Giroud, and that's going to be the accepted form of payment.
1: Well, yeah, that sounds pretty mundane. You, you, hey, for next episode, can we do a documentary review, please? Well, can we please both watch the Benzema documentary, please?
0: Uh, why don't we wait till we have a lull in soccer, and and that that, that should be a whole episode. Oh, like so, yeah. In, in, the, between... in that one
1: and a half weeks between the cha- Champions League being over and then the new season starting,
2: we'll do it.
0: Then agreed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Donnie, I'm waiting for the for the next wave of the pandemic to hit and everything to shut down again.
2: We're still in the first wave.
0: Well, no, I meant for for Europe. Europe actually, if they were to have a you know. Have it come back and hit hard, that would be a second wave. Because unlike us, Europe has actually handled this, you know, relatively well. I'm generalizing an entire continent, so like,
1: and they have, and they have their primary sport back and going. Yeah. yeah, Well, with that happy, positive COVID news, uh, we'll just jump right into Hawkeye of the week. Hawkeye
2: of the week, it's back.
0: <laughs> it is back. I, I do love Hawkeye of the week. Uh, Donnie, there's a very good chance. You know where I'm going with this. Oh, I know exactly what you're on Go ahead. Um, this will be a total homer pick, not in the case that I'm going with a, an AC Milan player, but that I'm going with the, the pride and joy of the United States men's national team. Uh, you know, over the last two weeks and, and really since the restart, he's been, I think, electric for Chelsea, uh, talking obviously about Christian Pulisic. He did not get the first start on the the first game back from the restart, but he was a substitute and five minutes in. I think his first touch in the game, he, uh, he you know had the opening goal. Then uh, on the the follow up match, he got the start against uh, Man City, and in a, in a game that did not bring Donny any joy because the Man City loss to Chelsea is what clinched Liverpool the title. Uh, Pulisic capitalized on a like triple mindy fuck up on defense uh and and mindy looked horrible in the sequence but pulisic was able to be in the right place utilize his speed changes you know in in his positioning and be clinical in in slotting the the ball past uh uh fucking neck tat crazy goalie who i'm blanking on his name Uh, yeah it's not eduardo that makes no (laughs) sense it's uh, fuck
1: what is his name
0: Ederson. ederson ederson yeah I just keep seeing that yellow uh, smiley face neck pad. No, I the tattoo really bad. Um, and and then Politic also had uh two more attempts that were cleared off the goal line. One an incredible goal line clearance by Kyle Walker. Uh, but he's looked really bright in the uh, FA Cup. Uh, he didn't he didn't score or anything, but he looked really dangerous and, and challenging against Leicester. Uh, he didn't go the full the full time, but just he's had some. Really strong, solid performances over the last two weeks. And, you know, he's really stood out to me in the Premier League. And I think it's telling that Chelsea have been making a lot of, you know, a lot of noise in the transfer market, bringing in uh, Hakeem Zajac, bringing in Timo Werner. Rumors about them trying to make a move for Kai Havertz. Uh, sounds like they're not done in the transfer market. And I think, you know, Pulisic needs to and is using this time with these remaining games to, to make a statement for next year in the long term.
1: I think. That's a great pick. That's exactly what I expected. It was tough for me, this one, because when Cristiano Ronaldo scores three goals, has two assists, and including a backfield assist in the last three games, I want to pick Ronaldo. But there's actually another guy I want to give it to, and it's Sergio Ramos, actually. Um, No doubt, while I may always love that long-haired Sergio Ramos, the current iteration of Sergio Ramos is much more aesthetic. I mean, he is aesthetic as fuck. The beard...
0: The it's hair. like a rugged beard, yeah. Dude, yeah. the long-haired Ramos looks way too much like Felipe Luiz.
1: No, okay, no. doesn't look like Felipe <laughs> Luis. He's just he not as like... hot. doesn't <laughs> fucking look like motherfucking Felipe Luis. <laughs> but, Real Madrid have won all five games since they've been back, which, when we get to La Liga, you're going to see how big that is. Not only that, in those five games, they've kept four clean sheets. I'm sorry, three clean sheets. Um, still, Good. He's a defender. He's also scored three goals, only one of which was a PK in the last five games. Yeah, and
0: more impressively, one of those other two was a free kick.
1: Yeah, a sweet free kick.
0: How often do you see a center back as the designated penalty and free kick taker? But you see, (laughs) Gatis,
1: Ramos is not a true center back, and he never will be. He was a fullback. Everyone was always a fullback, and if you ever were a fullback, you're always a fullback in my eyes.
0: I also think you see it whenever that team's captain is Sergio Ramos and he gets to say, oh, I'm taking these.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, who's going to say no? Who's going to want to fight Sergio Ramos in the locker room? No, thank you. I
0: mean, you know Benzema is just waiting to get some footage on him and be like, I take the free kicks now.
1: <laughs> so, my hot guy of the week, Sergio Ramos, he's got his club in a really fantastic position to win the league title. He has been playing really well, and he's just he – like, he has become – Every football team, ha- every soccer team has their soul. He is the soul of the current well, Real Madrid yeah, team. Yeah,
0: and, and, you know, when when Ronaldo left and, and Real had a little bit of a, of a dip, you know, when they didn't really do anything to, re- to replace the productivity, you know, it wasn't just that, but Real lost their icon, right? They lost their image and i think this real team this season has taken on the the image and the persona of sergio ramos they're they're a little bit grittier they're a little bit dirtier uh, you know they're gonna do some bullshit with the refs but they're getting the calls and they are, are playing good soccer you know that you're gonna hear the barcelona fans and, and the real haters talk about how it's 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 uh you know Var, re, re, or var Var Madrid or whatever whatever the, the phrase is because they're getting a lot of a lot of benefit from the replays but you know what Sergio Ramos is a master of the dark arts and he's been able to t- take that mastery and and actually step up into a real leadership role and not just a you know secondary leader and I think that's been impressive to see
1: yeah, I mean like I said he like I when we did our like beloved 11, so Jeromeus has always been a guy I've always had a lot of love for and admiration for. I I love some people want to call it dirty, I call it playing aggressive. He he plays the physical side of the game the way the game is supposed to be played in my opinion.
0: Oh, he definitely does that and then he does a little more.
1: Every now and then you got to go get a yellow card so you can remind the other player that what you're willing to do to them. It's yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. You're going to say go get a yellow card? Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, he, has, he has toned down the red cards.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he's probably noticing his team does a lot better when they get to have 11 guys on the field. <laughs> but, man, there was a lot there where he was racking them up, but I still kind of loved it. <laughs> Remember when he just trying to break Messi's leg in, like, a Classico... Yes. I think we were, like, freshmen in college. We were maybe in high school. I don't know. But I remember one time he was just like, fuck this. And just that, made him the
0: same, that made him the same game where he got clipped on the leg, grabbed his face, fell on the ground, rolled a squirmed, and then looked, peeked That was the Sergio Busquets
1: who did that. I know exactly that, what you're talking about. That, that was, was Busquets. You're don't right. Don't you dare put Biscettes. that on Ramos. Different Sergio.
0: <laughs> that was, was Busquets. My bad. All right. <laughs> Hey man, let's uh. We haven't done aptitude tests in a in, in a few episodes. It has, you got anybody to...
1: it has been a hot minute since we have done um, aptitude tests. So Eric, if he wasn't a professional soccer player, what would Arturo Vidal be doing?
0: Oh man. Okay, I got two <laughs> answers for you. Okay, one is because he really just reminds me like, like he, uh, I think he either would be a la fast and furious before it became more than just racing, street racing cars. I could see him as like a dope ass street racer.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, he's got, he's got the nitro. He's got, he's got the, the neon lights underneath his, his car. I see him as a, a dope, you know, driving imports, street racer all right i also see him as running an incredible like taco fusion food truck okay and, and the food truck is just called el Ray's. el rey's because <laughs> that's his nickname the, the king Ray. all right
1: i like that um i see arturo vidal in a little bit more of a violent light maybe it's the mohawk maybe it's not i don't know I see him as it part of like, like a Sons a, of Anarchy style biker gang. <laughs> where he just runs on he just rides around on motorcycles and beats the shit out of people.
0: It could also be the ankle breaking and like like knee crunching tackles that we've seen him do over the last decade of playing soccer. Yeah. That may be why you
1: yeah. Could be the Mohawk, could be the physical abuse he puts on other players, any one of the two could do it for me.
0: Um so yeah. So I have a question for you. If he were not a, uh, he's not an active soccer player. I don't think he's active, at least not for the national team anymore. Um, but if he were not a French national soccer player, what would uh, Matthew Matthew Debuchy uh, be?
1: Matthew Debuchy, that is a name I have not heard in many many moons. Uh, he looks like he plays for Saint Etienne. Really. Yeah. He used to play for Arsenal. Yeah, and Newcastle United before that. Yeah, he's at Saint-Étienne. Matthew Debushi would be a photographer of supermodels. He just, he just has that look to him as a guy who's like, work the camera, baby. Yes, now
0: give me feisty.
1: Maybe he gets in a little hot water for crossing the line, the professional line a little bit. Maybe he doesn't. But he just looks Are to you
0: me- are you are you kind of drawing drawing from the, uh, the 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 model shoot episode in Entourage? Yes where yes, the French where the French where the French photographer gets the, He's the English. model oh, oh okay. Well, gets the, the model kicked off because she's vibing too much with Vinny Chase.
1: And <laughs> he wants to bang Vinny Chase. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I see him as.
0: So I went – I mean I didn't know you were going to throw Arturo at me, so I didn't know I was going to take this culinary. But I see this guy as like the stuck-up asshole major d' at some like restaurant that is, is a nice restaurant. That is a nice restaurant, but they think it's – they, they're being more pretentious than the restaurant deserves. So like so China. like Arcadia? Yeah, it's more like Arcadia. It's more okay. like Arcadia. Yeah, Less
1: Garcia, I mean, more Arcadia.
0: He probably – um Try to get a job at Dorcia's, and you know, maybe he was like a, a waiter or a busboy, but in order to, to, he couldn't get the, the major D uh, posting at Dorcia's, he had to go to Arcadia.
1: Hey Gates, what do you call it when Batman skips church? A Christian bail.
0: <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> that had nothing to do with anything. I guess it had to do
1: with... No, no, Dorsey. no. No, no, no. It had to do with something. That didn't just come out <laughs> of nowhere. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough about that. Uh, we're just going to hop in and go over our major four leagues. Thank God. You know, the best thing about the Uber Eats League being <laughs> uh, designed <laughs> to suspend is that we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> um, we'll start in the Bundesliga, which is officially over... Um. Bayern Munich are your champion. Dortmund finished in second, followed by Leipzig and Gladbach. And guess what? Bayern, not only are they running it back eight consecutive times, but they just got <laughs> Leroy Sané from uh, yeah. Man City. So, I'm going to go ahead and pencil them in for next year's championship too. I'm sure Dortmund will do something in December to make me think it'll be Dortmund. But then, like, I know how it's going to end. I've been down this road too many times.
0: I'll be also be really curious to see... You. What Leipzig does in the off season in the in the transfer market, you know, we know they're losing Timo Werner, but they still have a lot of a lot of pieces, you know, that I think they should be able to hold on to. And obviously, they're going to need to retool up top. Uh, they have Yusuf Poulsen, who got hurt and, and couldn't finish this the rest of the season, and he's been a really reliable scorer, but he's not that electric counter attacker like Timo Werner is. So it'll be critical, I think, for them to retool in that direction and, I, and I'm assuming Leipzig being Leipzig they're probably not going to go and, and bring in a, a top name but but take a chance on somebody from maybe a, a different league that's not as prominent or a different you know a, a lower class of a team and try to elevate somebody for cheap and, and it's worked for them the last few years let to see if they can keep that up
1: yeah for sure
0: also uh you know we also need to t- discuss you know so Top four, obviously, you, you listed those out. Bummer for for fifth place, Byron Byron Leverkusen missing out on, on Champions League. I think that puts the nail in the coffin in terms of Kai Havertz. You know, it's, it's been discussed that he's most likely going somewhere at the end of the season, uh, but he hadn't shut the door on on staying at Leverkusen. You gotta figure he's gonna have his pick of the litter of where he wants to go. Yeah. So he's gonna go somewhere for Champions League soccer. I just hope he goes somewhere where he'll be able to consistently play, consistently start. You know, if he goes to Barcelona, Real Madrid, Liverpool, I don't know if he starts, right? Look,
1: look what happened when Malcolm made his move to Barcelona and he rode the bench.
0: Bro, look what happened uh, with Antoine Griezmann. Barcelona paid $120 million to Atletico, and Griezmann was a 90-minute substitute today against them.
1: Well, according to their Barcelona's coach, when Antoine Griezmann comes onto the field, he disrupts the team's rhythm too much. Which is just like, holy fuck. Dude. <laughs> Damn, son, talk about airing your dirty laundry. <laughs> Does, he disrupts the team too much when he's on the field, so I can't bring him into the last possible second? <laughs>
2: what? So, Why bring you know, him in
1: at all?
0: Like, uh, I don't get it. But hopefully you know, obviously he's going to move somewhere I'd love to see him move somewhere where we can still watch him play because he's you know he's a fun, exciting player to watch. Uh, but good news is we've got Gio Reyna, Dortmund going to be in Champions League next year. We'll see if he gets playing time. He's gotten a lot of playing time in this restart, but Dortmund have mostly been not really been playing for much. So it's been good to see him play, but we'll see. Uh, and then Tyler Adams at, at RB Leipzig going to be in Champions League next year, so uh, it's really exciting to see that. Uh, also, we've been kind of doing relegation rele- watch in the Bundesliga because it's been a, a tight battle. And Werder Bremen, who were on the outside looking in of, uh, of, of going straight to relegation, were able to pip Dusseldorf, and they'll be in the relegation playoff. Which I don't—I think that's happening next week. Maybe is it going to be on FS1? It has been in the past, so I know Fox has kind of been tooling down their soccer coverage, especially now that ESPN next year is going to have the Bundesliga, but I'm I'm hoping it will be. Will you let me Uh, know? when you find out? Of course. That'll be interesting to watch. And then Schalke, this season couldn't end fast enough for Schalke. They finished 12th, you know, the bottom half of the table. Uh, It might be time for West End to move.
1: And my question to you is, is, I mean, he... I think there's a greater than, there's a decent chance he's going to move to a I I mean, maybe another team, maybe a, a mid table Premier League team, maybe another it's, higher up Bundesliga team, but he might move.
0: He's been open about his, you know, his dream has always been playing the Premier League. So I'd as, be shocked. Every
1: American's dream should yeah, be.
0: Yeah, of course. In like, you know, barring injury or, or a consistent drop in form, I would be shocked if in the next few years he's not uh, on a Premier League roster. But I don't know if it's a time. I, I I would hate to see him at any of the any of the top five clubs. I think an interesting fit for him could be could be Tottenham, mm-hmm. depending on 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 what they do with their roster, you know, at the end of the season. So I, I, I would be curious about Tottenham. But other than that, I would love seeing him at some mid mid table team. You know, uh, I think Everton have. Some some old guys, some young guys. He can come in and, and maybe push out some of the older guys.
1: And a, what what a guy to learn from than Don Carlo?
0: Yeah. So so you know you know I mean and there's many many more Premier League teams that he could go to. You know maybe a Wolves like that would be awesome to see. Be um, sick. Or
1: Newcastle. Apparently they may not they're not going to be bought by the uh, psychotic person who was going to buy
0: by, them. By the by the by the the, the, the arguably war criminal.
1: Yeah, that some uh, an American company is coming in and thinking about they're buying them and that would be lo- really good for uh American players.
0: They're lodging they're lodging a competing bid and also there have been some like requests and appeals for the I don't know if it's, I don't think it's the ethics committee but whatever the that that committee is the dubious goals like, committee? No, no, no. No, no <laughs> this is like a like they're they're like a, I don't know what it's called but it's like similar to ethics but not exactly ethics they review the viability of owners there have been like increased uh, appeals for them to heavily reconsider fitness? I, Yeah I think so like character fitness board or something so hopefully hopefully that gets shut down and Newcastle still gets the purchase that they really need for that injection of life into the club uh, and By and, life you mean cash Yes and it'll be just be really interesting to see you know what happens with Weston, I feel like he really does like Schalke and you know he he likes the club, so I would be shocked to see him stay around. And if he does, as long as he's healthy, he's going to get as many minutes as, as they can throw at him because they don't have better alternatives. But we'll see.
1: Also, Schalke hired fired a pretty high up executive for posting some pretty racist shit apparently. So yeah. hey, good for them for doing the right for for firing the guy and.
0: Seemed like it was pretty immediate too. Yeah. Which which is good. It's nice to see that, yeah. Yeah. Um you know, going they're, they're...
1: back to the sl- to the slummy side of German soccer, that promotion relegation battle stuff, uh Stuttgart got promoted back into the um, Bundesliga and their coach, Pellegrino Madurazzo, was born in New Jersey. So Yeah. Technically no, an I American think... citizen.
0: Yeah, he he's a uh, he's the uh, first US born manager in the top flight of the Bundesliga uh, the manager of Schalke, David Wagner was a, a U.S. men's national team player but he was German you know, german born dual national so you know, no disrespect to, to you know, David Wagner uh, loved what he did at Huddersfield Town getting them promoted into the Premier League um, but it, it's cool to see uh, another manager in a top flight league with U.S. ties.
1: Yeah. So with that we will then switch here to La Liga. Um it looks like Real Madrid are going to be on the precipice of winning here. They have a 1 point lead against Barca with a game in hand and they don't have anyone anyone who sticks out to me at all remaining on their five and their um, six games left, excuse me. And this is really more of a case of Barca had the advantage kind of going into the run in and then three consecutive draws, 0-0 draw a 2-2 draw with Celta Vigo, and then in today's 2-2 draw with Atletico, just looks like it's Real
0: Madrid's to lose.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Real Madrid I could th- lose one of these next six games, and if they win five of the games, then they'll still be good.
0: I think Barcelona had a win somewhere in between yes. those draws, right? Three three out of four. Three out of four more um,
1: draws. That is correct. So, what's funny
0: is... What's funny is Donnie had the three out of four stat. He fed it to me and I used it to correct him. No, it's uh, good.
1: Was, it's good. We're, uh, we're establishing the credibility but, of the podcast.
0: Uh, so I think you're, you're dead on with, you know, it really seemed like at the restart, Barcelona had the inside track just yeah. from a, a numbers perspective. But then again, we look at the, the games left to play. Bar- Barca had Atletico to play. That That's always a tough game. Barca had, at Celta Vigo, who we who we know are shit against all teams except for Real, Atletico, and Barcelona. So
1: Celta Vigo ties Barcelona two two today. Gets shit pumped five one by Mallorca.
0: by recent recently promoted Mallorca, who I think two years ago were in the second the third division. I and think like they three they've years been,
1: ago were in bankruptcy. I'm pretty sure.
0: They're, yeah, they're, they. Uh, uh, I know minority stake was purchased. By Stu Holden and Steve Nash.
1: And Rafa Nadal, I think. And I think Rafael that's his home. his home yeah. I think yeah. he's a Real Madrid fan, but that's like his hometown club.
0: Yeah, he's like the SMU fans, right? Who have SMU as, as a team, but then they also have another college <laughs> that they pull for.
1: Well, it's also funny that uh, Rafa Nadal likes um, Real Madrid because his uncle played for Barcelona. His uncle's <laughs> nickname is literally the Beast of Barcelona. <laughs>
0: if he didn't like his uncle
1: that's also an insanely athletic
0: family and an awesome nickname
1: yeah 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 but um funny little note about San so they were a. so they're uh this has come up a couple (laughs) times in La Liga where if like you lose your backup goalie you're allowed to make an emergency loan signing because they just don't want a team to like
0: a signing outside of the transfer
1: yeah outside of the transfer window because they don't want a team to get totally fucked because of like you know Some shit happens to their goalies. And I kind of get that. I kind of do get that. Um, But I guess they don't specify that you have to use that loan signing for a goalie because Celta Vigo's backup goalie went down, long-term injury. Okay, they get this emergency outside the transfer window loan signing, and they sign a striker from Sevilla, Nolito. (laughs) Nolito. And that is the most Celta Vigo thing I've ever heard. That is incredible. It's incredible. That's so incredible. Somebody at is... some point in the coach's room was like, like they probably, their third choice goalie, they were probably like, well, he's competent if our starter goes down. Like, we're not worried. And then there, then someone looked at the room and was like, wait a minute.
0: No, you know they called they called the lawyer. They called the team lawyer and they're like, we need you to do some quick digging because we got Nolito on the other line.
1: I cannot think of a sleazier lawyer Man. in the world than Celta Vigo's <laughs> team lawyer. Like, he, that is sleazier than a New Jersey mob lawyer.
0: <laughs> He's like, well, you know, we don't technically have to get a goalie. <laughs>
1: Ever heard of Nolito? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I think better would have been if they had somehow signed uh, Kyle Walker because he has played a game in goal.
1: That would be also funny. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it looks like Real Madrid will, unless they just, they also start fucking up. But, I mean, like we said... Sergio Ramos, Benzema, you know, you mentioned this team has become Sergio Ramos's team. I'd like to imagine that this team is Sergio Ramos and Benzema's baby that's being oh, raised by Zidane. Oh, you cannot,
0: you cannot leave Marcelo out of this.
1: But Marcelo's had his imprints, like, Marcelo, like, is, like, the wet nurse of the baby. The baby loves Marcelo more than everybody else. It's, like, those really rich families where, like, the kids grow up closer to their babysitter nanny than they do to their actual parents. Marcelo is, like, the babysitter nanny in this scenario. Like, everyone loves Marcelo. It's fucking Marcelo. Oh, he's there.
0: Okay. I, I just, yeah, it's just it, you know, I, I, I get your love for Benzema and I get your love for Ramos, but let's not forget. I know, but like
1: he uh, doesn't. He is not He's not a. He's not always starting for Real anymore, and it hurts me. So I, like, mean, I I I I know he will never want to leave, but I want him to go somewhere where he's going to start all the time, even if it's a worse team, because I just love to see him play. It's kind of
0: nice when they don't start him because those are the games Real plays like shit. <laughs> which, like it, it, it's true. It, back, it really does.
1: I saw at this point in his career, he should just convert to a winger.
0: <laughs> Dude, no, no, he is a winger. He just—he's a winger from the back.
1: <laughs> he's just—he's just the rear winger. <laughs> and last but not least, our last episode. We—I don't think we had. it. We were getting ready for the Premier League to start and boy, did it start, and it's been hurtful, it's been hard, but the actual on-field product has not disappointed, exactly. Um, I'm just going to start with Arsenal. We said from the beginning Arsenal had no chance in the top four race, and wow, did David Louise really prove us <laughs> right. Um, oh they God. lost 3-0 to Man City, and it, things were promising for Arsenal in the game until David Louise lost his fucking mind, <laughs> got a red card that also resulted in a penalty, and then it was just...
0: Well, don't forget about that. The opening goal was off of a David Luis like, failed clearance that they then scored.
1: Also, David Luiz wasn't a starter in the game. He came on as a substitute in the first 15 minutes for an injury. He was
0: an, he was an injury substitute, and then I think, like, one of his first touches on the ball was a failed clearance turned into a goal, and then he conceded at 20 minutes into the game for David Luiz, so 40 minutes into the game, he commits a penalty, gets red carded, <laughs>
1: And Arsenal are about to offer him a one-year deal, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, and there's an incredible stat: David Luiz at Chelsea, one hundred and sixty-one games per red card, which is a little over three seasons per red card. Yeah, fifty-three games per penalty conceded. Those those are pretty good numbers. At Arsenal, thirteen <laughs> games per red card, <laughs> seven <laughs> games per penalty penalty conceded. Seven. It's incredible.
0: <laughs> and then they, they follow agreeable? that up by losing two one to motherfucking Brighton. In in their defense, they did beat Southampton. Southampton, South but it's too little, too late. You got, you've got, you know, United seem to have found their form a little bit. You know, Wolves have come on pretty hot, but very quiet. Uh,
1: the thing scary thing about Wolves is they're doing it quietly. They're not shipwrecking people. They're doing it quietly.
0: You know, Wolves are the silent killer. It was a, an animal joke. Um, but.
1: Have you seen The Gray? Because Liam Neeson was the motherfucking silent <laughs> killer in that movie.
0: So I just think there's too much competition uh, uh, for Arsenal to, to hang tough. And. Yeah, they, finish, I love like, being right. Um, Tottenham
1: had life thanks to a 1 1 draw against Man U, where. McGuire and Lindelof decided in one play to have a competition who could be the world's slowest man. And guess what, Manu lost that competition. And then De Gea should have absolutely saved that shot. I don't know what the fuck he was doing there. Um, I
0: saw something that the expected like score percentage from when the shot was taken was like less than six percent. And and somehow De Gea, you know, he's it's hey that was that was also what De Gea's first game back since the since.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, and today goal, he was looking phenomenal close. by the way. And I'll get I'll get to my De Gea and Luke Shaw rants at the appropriate time. I'll talk about Tottenham first. Um they followed that with a 2-0 win at West Ham where Harry Kane scored. So you know they're they're still kind of in the mix, but they do have a pretty tough road ahead. They have Sheffield, Everton, Arsenal, and Leicester City.
0: I'm really excited for Everton Tottenham, Mourinho, Don Carlo. I think I'm more excited about with that match because of the manager manager duel uh, than I am for maybe the the players on the on the pitch there. I think it's interesting, you know, a uh, lot of lot of heat going to Jose about how he's a horrible manager for Strikers, and uh, you know when Harry Kane scored against uh, West Ham, uh, Jose was probably saying you know fuck you to to everybody who's who's. Casting doubts on his ability to, to manage a talent like Kane.
1: Yeah, he was basically saying, fuck you to everybody.
0: That's what he does best.
1: Yeah. Um. I guess that kind of will transition us. I'll put United in the middle. Uh, you know, we had the draw against Tottenham, which we didn't look good at all. And then Paul Pogba comes on the field, and him and Bruno Fernandes play together for the first time. And it's like, ever since then, since that that second half against Tottenham on – Man, you have been a fucking just been rolling. Beat three, uh, beat Sheffield. You know who's right in, who's been right in the mix. 3-0, thanks to an Anthony Martial hat trick. How are ya? And then today they just beat Brighton. Bruno Fernandez brace. I mean that guy, him and Pogba being back has been awesome. Mason Greenwood has scored more goals than any other teenager in the Premier League. Double the next teenager, whoever the fuck that that is. Um, they just they're looking good. They're looking good right now which is just setting me up for some sort of heartbreak. I, I know mean, you this, know it's coming. Oh, I know it's coming. Um the worst team who should have had a spot in the Champions League locked up but now all of a sudden could not is Leicester. They have looked yes. so bad in their two Premier League games back, drew them both. So now they're only ahead of Chelsea one point. Um you know, both have played the same amount of games. They have a 3 point edge on United with a game in hand, but they still have a game against United at the end and they have a they have, they still have to play Everton, Arsenal, Sheffield, Tottenham, and United in the last game of the season. So they have not looked good, and they need to get them together because there's a chance they could slip out of the top four or top five.
0: And it's not just United, you know, nipping at their heels. Uh, level on points, level on games played. You have Wolves uh, with with United, yeah. right? So not 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 level with uh, with Leicester, but but level with United. So just three points back of third and uh with obviously playing an extra game uh so you know i I think it's it's not even close to being over leicester need to find their form we were saying i think before the the premier league restart i was saying i would hate to see leicester miss out on on champions league just because i I think it gives more validation to the title that they won a few years back you know that being said you know if if they can't keep it up then, then they just you could argue they don't deserve to have it but i also think if the if the league hadn't paused i think they would have run away with qualifying oh which... yeah
1: i, I think that this is a team that definitely has been there are some teams that got help man you got helped by the pods you had pogba got to come back rashford got to come back now look at them now Man, you definitely got s- helped lester got hurt
0: and you yeah. Like Leicester, a lot of how they play is about chemistry. You know, a lot of how everybody plays about chemistry, but you know, they they do a lot of counterattacking. They they hold a very firm team defensive line. Things that are hard to to pick back up after three months out. So I'm 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 worried about Leicester. but, you know, as long as it's somebody you know, we United we need in Champions League, you know, they they belong there. It's like Milan. It's not doesn't feel right when they're not in it. Um but if we get somebody like Wolves in there, like I'm gonna love that as well. I, I want to see Nuno uh, manage the Champions League sideline. Uh, Let's—I would love to see Champions League games at Mullen out. Like that—that that would be awesome. I agree. I agree. Uh, and then—and then if Chelsea holds on, hopefully I get to see my boy Pulisic with some Champions League playtime. So like Chelsea have also we're...
1: looked uh, very good coming back in, won all their games behind Pulisic driving. They do have. Their tough games include Wolves, which is going
0: to be a, an incredible game. Hopefully, yeah,
1: uh, Sheffield, which will be a, a toughie. Liverpool, it, Liverpool. If they, if I don't know how Liverpool's going to play it from here on out, they could be giving youth guys a try, or they could want records and what they want this side to be historic. So Liverpool could still be going balls to the walls. Well, I ha- I just have no way of predicting which yeah, level. they could argue. Are or
0: or we start prepping for next season, right? You know, who, who knows. One thing we know is Klopp is an incredible motivator. Yeah. So whatever their goal and plan is, I think he'll have whatever that squad is up for the task. Um, I, I think Arsenal are in tenth place right now. I, I think that <laughs> <laughs> we can we can confirm that the the top four nail is in their coffin. Um, but you know, Tottenham are they they're a, they're level on, on games played with Chelsea, uh, but they are nine points shy of fourth place. Uh, so they're seven points shy of United for fifth. So Tottenham have, have an outside chance, but it's it, going to be tough.
1: I think they do, but I think right now it's really shaping up to be a four-horse race
0: for three for the, spots. For, for, for third, fourth, and potentially fifth.
1: And I think I'm all... I don't want to curse it, but I'm all, I am feel like just the buzz seems to be that fifth is going to be good enough to play in the Champions League. That seems just seems to be a lot of the buzz. I don't have anything to confirm. Just that the buzz is that fifth will be good enough. I think City are going to get a one-year
0: ban. So something else. To to look at, you know me. I throw it to the relegation watch. Norwich are going down. They are in tw- they're in the last place, and they are six points below second to last place. Who would also get relegated? So they're done, right? I think Norwich, unfortunately, uh, Timo Puki had an incredible start to the season, but they just they didn't have the squad depth to to make a real run in the Premier League. Um, but we have in nineteenth eighteenth and 17th so two of these three in in 17th through 19th are going down they're all tied on points at 27 and then you have Watford at 16th who are only one point ahead at 28th so that's a that's four teams vying to for two safe spots either tied or separated by just one point
1: yeah and if Aston Villa wants to stay up they need Jack Relish to turn it on because they
0: live or die by Jack Relish. I mean, they need him to turn it on, but they also need to, to funnel him the ball more. Yeah. like th- I think I think there have been times for both where he hasn't dropped down enough sometimes, and then some other times he's dropping down too much. But I've also seen times where they're just solely attacking on the opposite wing of Grealish. And, like, I get it. You know the defense is, is shading and slanting more towards Grealish's side. But, honestly, take the extra defenders because when he's on the ball, they don't take the ball from him. They just foul him. And, and yeah, it sucks for Jack, but...
1: Yes, piece
0: Without Jack, Villa are not in the Premier League. Oh, and okay. without Jack, they don't stay in the Premier League. And if they don't stay in the Premier League, they definitely aren't keeping Jack Relish, and they're probably not keeping him even if they do stay in the Premier League.
1: Exactly. Um, and then that turns out to just Man City, who really I feel like they're kind of checked out in terms of this. They're pretty secure in their positioning in terms of. Um, the Champions League, and I think that's the only thing they care about is the Champions League, gonna you know, coming up in and August. If, if,
0: they are like, not checked out. I think we're at least checked out about them. Like,
1: well, there, there's nothing. There's nothing they're gonna add. No, there's nothing they're gonna add to the storyline. Um, they look just the mistakes against against Chelsea were just bad. Mm. Um, obviously, though, when they play their best, ripped apart Arsenal, ripped apart Burnley right after the whole White Lives Matter banner, which. I'd like to say Burnley's captain, who scored a goal um, recently, yeah. immediately B- after he's... the match, just totally said that, you know, didn't support those actions at all. It's disgusting, not representative of our you, club. He, he was ashamed.
0: ashamed. He was yeah. ashamed,
1: and um, he did all the right things. Burnley did all the right things looking into it.
0: They're they're, they're working with police to investigate, and, and if or hopefully when they figure out all who were involved, they're going to issue them lifetime bans.
1: So, um, interesting thing I'll say about City I read somewhere someone said that Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in the Premier League. And I thought, and then I stopped, and I was like, eh. And then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Actually, I might agree with that. Kevin De Bruyne, oh, this, so, as it, in terms of an individual, this season, the guy is the best. I think right now, attacking midfielder in the game of soccer,
0: he is just well, on and, another level. Another way to approach this is, if you had to pick right now, who's the best player in the Premier League? Like. Kevin De Bruyne. You know, I'm thinking about Liverpool, and I think it's too much of a of a of a team effort in a machine. You know, there were what last year, you could argue, Mosala was incredible, yeah. or the year before, you know, Mosola was was absolutely incredible, and, and you could make the argument there, but you can't pick, you can't take Mosala over Sadio Mane or Roberto Firmino, over, right?
1: Over over uh, Virgil Van Dijk, uh,
0: Fern, Fernandinho, Virgil Van Dijk, right? Uh, Alexander Arnold. So. Like, I I I don't I don't think that I mean nobody in Chelsea right they're 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 not playing well enough you know overall I I think it is I I think is it's De Bruyne
1: you know what's crazy is right now all these pictures are servicing of how De Bruyne and Mo Salah both used to play for Chelsea <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, boy. And, and and they left Chelsea for, for cheap or for free.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, a um, lot of exciting stuff to look forward to in the Premier League. Um, interesting to see where things stand in a couple of weeks after each team gets to play two, three more games. Yeah. And, Gates, I will uh,
0: throw it over to you. From Escusi. From Escusi, the, the Serie yeah. A segment of the pod. So the first thing we have to do before we even talk about actual Serie A is the Coppa Italia final. Uh, so this was the final where uh, Gennaro Gattuso's Napoli ousted Juventus on on penalty kicks and uh, terrible most, penalties from Juventus. Terrible penalties from Juventus. But the most important thing to touch on was the CGI crowd in the background during this game. It was horrible. It, it was like the they found the code used in FIFA 98 or Madden 2002 and just put that in the background, it was god-awful. It was so distracting. Like, there were times where I couldn't watch the game because I couldn't not see that fucking popcorn crowd.
1: Who at ESPN thought, you know what this game needs in the stands? Just fake shit CGI fans. That's what that'll really excite so, this game.
0: You know who who it was? It wasn't the person that had to actually develop and create it. It was that person's boss who was like, "No, we have to have this." And they were probably like, "I don't think you think. I don't think this is gonna be what you think it's gonna be. No, trust me. We, we need this. This is a this is a higher up decision."
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> it was bad. Not only the only thing worse than the, that. Was Juventus's penalty kick taking, <laughs> and the fact that I don't know why managers don't understand that your best penalty kick taker goes first.
0: Yeah, the the most the highest pressure penalty is always the first penalty.
1: Wait, yeah, I just, I just,
0: this is ridiculous.
1: But I'm really happy for Gattuso. Um, he kind of looks like my dad a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> In addition to that, he is a good guy. He is part of the old. Gener- like the old breed the old guard of lo- fiercely loyal players he was an awesome oh. player and i'm happy for him as a manager and as a person and
0: and also he you know uh he's also i feel like one of the, the great lasting images of a true number eight yes of 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 a down in the dirt you know
1: talk about somebody plays- who's not a stranger to the dark arts
0: yeah yeah very sure very sure uh yeah i'm not gonna argue, I'm not, not gonna begrudge you that one there at all um, uh, but yeah, and then now looking actually at Syria, it, it's been interesting. Juve, it felt like they were starting to pull away. Uh, I think maybe the most exciting game of soccer I've seen so far since the restart may have been over the weekend. Uh, Lazio Atalanta, or maybe it was, it was like on Friday or something. Uh, Lazio who are in second played Atalanta who are in fourth and I I just thought it was a really really enjoyable match Um, I don't know if you were able to to watch it but it was back and forth Atalanta ended up beating Lazio and Juve with their last few wins in the league have now climbed to a a four point lead uh, Is this the the
1: one where it was like a 3-2 game 3-2 game bunch of screamers yeah 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 I watched it I watched it
0: it, it, but it was it was one zero one one two one two two three two late you know stoppage time goals. It it had everything and it had a really aggressive attacking play, which was exciting to watch. Um, and so it's interesting. You got Juve with four point lead. You know they've won like the last seven or eight <laughs> Serie A titles. It looked like Inter was going to be their challenger, and I was. Crying myself to sleep every night. Inter's fallen a little bit flat. They are now 11 points behind Juve uh, in third place. So it looks like it's going to be Lazio to challenge. And Lazio and Juve still still have one more game against each other later this year. So if if Lazio can make up you know one to two points between you know now and the end, that game against Juve could be a, a title decider, which would be what everybody wants to see. Uh, other than that. It it looks like top four in Italy are pretty secured. Roma sit fifth, and Atalanta sit fourth, and there's a nine-point gap between the two. So with uh, ten games to go, nine points is not insurmountable, but Atalanta playing really well right now, and and I don't see them dropping that. What's going to be really interesting is we're getting a bit of a a bunch for the the Europa Europa League qualifications. So Roma, Napoli, Milan, and then Parma, and fucking Hellas Verona, and Cagliari hey, are, all Verona. Re- <laughs> are all are all pre- pretty bunched up. It, it's interesting because Napoli won the Coppa Italia. They are going to qualify for Europa <laughs> League that way, which means if they finish in the top six, seventh place will get their Europa League qualifications. Wow. So there's, there's a lot, lot to, to keep an eye on for... Uh, not really much of note for the relegation battle. Uh, it's uh, a bunch of teams that people probably haven't even heard of before. Uh, you know, teams that spend one or two years in the top flight and then end up getting, get, end up getting relegated and working their way back up.
1: Your, your boys in Milan, though, the undefe- you know, in terms of Serie a action, undefeated, so they come back a big four zero win against Leche. Well-
0: not just undefeated in, in Serie A action, undefeated in in all action since the restart. They didn't lose to to Juve. They drew zero zero and were eliminated on away goals from the Coppa Italia for that first game back. So that wasn't a loss. Sure. Uh, then yeah, that that four nothing win against Lecce, who are one of those teams who are who are going down. Uh, that, that, it looks like they're going down. And then uh, the most recent two nothing defeat or, or victory over Roma uh, in the Stadio Olimpico no that was the game of roma was it was in sin Zero, my bad uh, So, so roma's a team we're chasing down trying to, to see if we can top them for maybe a fifth place finish uh, really good to take points off of them been been kind of boring tough first halves to watch for milan but both games they've really turned it on in the second half which i think has been good to see uh, in the first half of the season or before the restart the milan team was really fading in the second half uh, so hopefully we've been able to, to figure something out it sounds like they, we've got a, a formation and, and a lineup that, that's working uh, but you look at the, the squad the, the talent is not there to compete for you know definitely not even to compete for a title and the talent is not there really to compete for top four so the problem is is Time, you know, every every year there's a new manager with a new vision and a new board of directors with with new personnel preferences. You need multiple years to to build something. You know, look at what what Ol you know Klopp did at Liverpool. He had time and time and a lot, like o- a lot of money
1: 400 million.
0: It looks like Ole is getting getting you know starting to get some some time uh, to to build something and, and some backing in, in the transfer market. So it's just. I don't see Milan challenging for top 4 next year, probably not in the year after that, especially if they just keep going through this carousel.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think they I think that this squad if they they if they, you know, put together some nice wins, finish the season strong, give the board confidence and stick with what, give one manager time, like you said it's a new manager then it's new personnel all the time. It's just give give one group three years
0: give a group of the shared vision time like yeah. it's also okay we'll give this manager time but this manager has been forced to work with you know this person this, this who's going to run the transfer market and they have opposing strategies well no shit you're going to have problems so
1: yeah
0: it, it'll be interesting There's 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 i think Outside of, you know, we finally have a, a title watch in in Syria, which is going to be fun to keep track of. But outside of Lazio, Juve, if you don't have a team in Italy, it's not not really anything to keep an eye out for.
1: Well, uh, we will update you guys on what happens in the soccer world and what's going on with all the leagues. It's been, uh, it's been, I will say, quarantine, all this stuff going on, it's been a lot nicer to have regular soccer to watch pretty much every day. Just, you know. Work, yeah, it's, doing if, stuff at the office, work, is kind of plop it. I just plop it on on my phone and just
0: if you're working from home like me, it's just great to have a game on the TV basically every day from like noon to four o'clock. Yeah,
1: so that's all for the show, folks. Um, please tweet us at owngoldpod. email us owngoldpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram at Ongolpod. Uh, subscribe
0: rate subscribe, review rate.
1: and if you listen just share this podcast with one person who you think maybe just maybe might like soccer or wants to like soccer
0: yeah and, and I think right now if you've got any friends who are missing some sports and and hey you know interested in, in what's going on in soccer, they may be if – if they haven't been soccer fans in the past, they may be interested in an alternative uh, format of discussing soccer like where we discuss Neymar's parties and all the weird Rebecca Vardy, calling Rooney stuff. So this may be the media for them.
2: Yep.
1: And with that, bye. Bye. I
2: was sitting wishing in this barren desert wasteland all alone. that mirages were in some type of scene I've come to know She whispered closely, told me this is all that we could ever be But none of me would be the enemy and destroy our destiny Cause our love is a battlefield And I'm a soldier, made a steel, And I'll fight until the end I yeah, will always no, no. Spirit, oh yeah, right down to the bone, until the day I realize my courage is all I ever am. cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel, and I'll fight until the.